0: Hi, and welcome to the Creating, Living, and Making podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Adam Mackey, and as always, I'm joined this week by Grant Alexander. Hello. And Morley Kurt. Hello. So, this week's a little bit different. um we actually had a bit of issue trying to find a time to record. So you may notice that um, we're all a bit different this week. Um, It's like the energy energy levels are just turned
1: on their heads.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I I literally just had two hours sleep. It's now 10 PM for me. Normally record at 11 AM for me. Um, And then it's 8 AM for the boys. (laughs) Yes.
2: And (laughs) you're also going to be working the night shift.
0: Yeah. So I've, After we finish recording this, I'll be then going back to bed for three hours and getting back up and going back to work. So that's fun. Wow. So if you're wondering, my my, my voice is extremely deep. I literally woke up 10 minutes ago.
1: Everyone do 10 burpees.
2: (laughs) All right. Yeah. Adam do 10 burpees. Not everyone. Adam Morley. (laughs) You guys are like into working out and stuff.
1: If I could burp on cue.
2: No, I meant (laughs)
0: like push up, jump in the air. I literally I literally cannot do that they're hard that's a that's I, um, an
1: intense workout
0: it's, it's definitely one of my goals like I used to be able to almost do it but I can't I can't push myself up high enough to get my feet underneath mm. but yeah okay. soon yeah so um what's your clamps this week Grant
2: oh well Starting with me, eh? Uh,
1: (laughs) (laughs) The guy who was furiously typing as we were starting.
2: (laughs) So, the guy who said, I'll come up with it on the fly. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, that's what you get. (laughs) Well, so, uh, it's my uh, wedding anniversary this week, and I need to make a gift uh, still. Um, I have an idea of one, but... uh, I don't know. I haven't. I haven't finalized it. I think it's gonna. I'm gonna make a, a pendant that matches some earrings that I made earlier this year, um, and then it, like make a necklace basically, um, and then maybe some other stuff to go along with that. But I always like to try and make something um, because that's what I do. Uh, the other thing is I released the beard video, um, and the support from the community has been like really. Uh, Heartwarming, um. So, I'm. If you missed the last episode or this is the first one, I guess I'll explain. I'm shaving my beard off, and uh, yeah, I, I did a video that was the intro of all my videos from the past year in like seven months, and I've been growing my beard for a year and eight months. So I basically started my YouTube channel uh, shortly after I started growing my beard. So it kind of shows the progression of it from almost clean face to whatever you can call it now, uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, at the end of September I'm going to be shaving it all
0: off. Sweet, cool. Yeah, it was um, it was an interesting video. I, I forgot how short your beard was, like, because I've seen all your videos and I didn't, I, I didn't even realize like doing this every week, just staring at that beat every week you forget how short you used to have it yeah even wow, me I just, it's crazy, I just skipped to the beginning I didn't even it is short
1: I don't think I've yeah. ever seen it that short that's crazy
2: yeah don't Ep- don't don't go and watch the original videos like some of the one of them I even don't even have <laughs> up on YouTube anymore because I didn't like it like so much that I took it off YouTube but I still have the video so I I grabbed the the intro to it but uh it's yeah. funny, like when don't, it's really don't watch short. Early ones.
1: When it's really short, you look very different. But like when it yeah. reaches a certain length, it's just like this. Now it's like your face is the same, <laughs> but then there's more beard attached to it.
0: <laughs> I think video three in that on that video is definitely a good length for you. Listen. Yeah,
2: yeah. I I think for a while it's just going to be more. Well, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to shave it off, and then I'm going to be lazy and not not shave again for until that's me. A year in eight months. Well, maybe not that long because it actually – so at, at a certain point, it becomes more work. Like your beard, like it starts out like your sh- – you're, like shaving is work. So then you stop shaving and then you're like, great. I have no work to do on my face. I just wake up and go. But then at a certain point, you get bed beard. Um, so you, you have to – it's like having long hair. You have to have a shower in the morning or else it – like it's all stuck up in weird angles, so and then when you get out of the shower, you got to comb it out, and it's like this is as much work as shaving. <laughs> like I, I've been wanting to shave it for a while, really, but uh, uh, I knew this thing was coming up, so I waited. Basically, are you
0: gonna are you gonna do one of those videos like with your son where you? do like before and after but he doesn't see you shave
2: <laughs> i've thought about it he's uh so obviously mm-hmm. he's seen me with clean shaven before so i hope he'll recognize it me but he won't no well how uh, old yeah. is he now he's two and, a half. two and a half yeah i mean that one
1: year, that's a big one year i don't know how much he would I have one year guess we'll
2: see maybe i'll we'll maybe see. i'll do that and see what he says you know, I'll put. I'll, I'll grab the camera, and if it's a good reaction, I'll throw it up on my Instagram. Yeah, I and, and if he cries,
1: it. you can still throw it up on his your Instagram and then embarrass him in years <laughs> to come. Boy,
2: yeah, <laughs> of
0: course.
1: <laughs> nice, very nice. Hmm.
0: Well, what about uh,
1: This week, I am the I am the reason for our weird recording time and ruining everyone's day.
0: <laughs> Um, on me personally, too. I was going to be home until yeah. like 2 p.m. every day.
1: Fair. But uh, I am not in Toronto this week. I'm in Cape Cod in the States for my sister's wedding. So she's getting married on Friday. And uh, we booked a trip for the Monday before to the Monday after. So we arrived a couple days ago. Today is Wednesday. It's been great. I haven't seen my family in like – nine months basically since like christmas and new year's of last year so it's really nice to see everyone and uh it's very pretty here it's like very quiet beach town uh it's a good change of pace from the city um so yeah it's been great kind of spent all day yesterday at the beach and lots of eating and hanging out um cool. yeah it's really it's really nice
2: i,
0: I, I
1: what was that Change your pace in normal life. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, the, we, I finished my work up on the Top Chef install right before leaving. Um, the install still has a bit more work to do, but we got like the whole set sort of built with all the windows and everything up. Um, so I don't know if I'll – I should see it in its completed state uh, when we go do the teardown after they film the season because I think the filming only takes like five or six weeks and then they really? tear it down, wow. and put it back into storage. Yeah, um, yeah, which is kind of wild. I guess, I guess the contestants go on, and I don't know seasons. That kind of makes sense. Seasons like nine episodes or whatever. Yeah. Film it all. Everyone doesn't have to put their life on hold for a year. <laughs> all the contestants. I'm so
0: interested in all that kind of stuff. Like, because we got shows like that here, and and same thing. You think how do they these these people take so much time off work? Yeah, I, they it's just crazy.
1: front end load it so.
2: It's basically like one episode per day. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's why, like, at the end of this, like, you see them at the end of, like, the season, and they are, uh, you know, like the Forge and Fires guys. Some of them just look like ragged, as if they've been working, like, 24 hour days. They have. That's basically what they've been doing. Yeah. It's just
1: a (laughs) a sprint
0: for, like, three weeks.
2: Right. It's, but it's a. We
0: we got, I think we do Top Chef here, but there's a show that my wife and I watch called. My kitchen rules, which is very similar. And I remember a few years ago, they literally recorded two endings. So, like, one of each person winning, but the person didn't, the people didn't know who had won, like, the actual contestants didn't know who had won until they saw which one got aired. Oh, wow. That would like, be so weird.
2: That's a good way of doing it because it always leaks out who wins.
0: Like, oh, does it? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Huh. Like if you if you know the person who won, you know they won,
1: right? Right? Yeah, they're not gonna keep that a, a secret from <laughs> yeah the yeah. people. Um. Anyways, but yeah, that was it was it was good work. Um. And then also right before leaving, um, I finished up those embossed leather keychains I was working on for, uh, the restaurant in my neighborhood, Completo. Um. And the owner was like super happy with them. She's a very nice woman. Um eventually we want to do more stuff for like their grand opening, but they actually opened this location kind of as COVID was starting. So they had, they had seating in the restaurant for like a few weeks and then they closed for a while and then they reopened for patio seating. So she's like, it's kind of weird because like she's trying to figure out if like the moment has passed, if like a grand opening at this point would just feel kind of weird. Um, Mm -hmm but uh we'll definitely
0: what a, what a stressful situation though wait open a restaurant and then next thing you know yeah you gotta close like
1: yeah I, I think they've done pretty reason. well so this was actually their second location and the first nah, one stayed yeah. open for takeout but um uh, yeah. i think they've also just been generally surprised with like how much business they've gotten and how supportive people have been it's a it's a I good think, location I think a like there's nothing really
0: there trying to support local yeah
1: for sure And it's, there's not really any restaurants like it in my neighborhood. Like I live in a Chinatown, uh, which is like at the beginnings of gentrification and kind of changing. Um, so it's like the only really, uh, South American takeout, like South American fast food restaurant around there. Yeah, Uh, and they have like a patio outside. So they do a lot of like, um, they like, like nachos and these like fully loaded sandwiches with like guacamole and beef and, um, a lot of like Venezuelan pastries and stuff.
2: Do they have, uh, what are they called? Uh, crap. Never mind.
1: Okay. <laughs> I think one of their sandwiches is called like a churrasco. I don't know if that rings any bells. They do some like fully loaded poutine with guacamole and salsa and stuff. Mm-hmm. Classic Canada. But yeah, that's been a. Cool. Uh, most of my clamps this week. Not a ton of making amidst finishing one thing up and traveling. But Grant, are you just really trying to remember?
2: <laughs> yes. Like describe this- it to me. Maybe, maybe I'll be able to spirit. It's like a little pouch that they put uh, filling into an empanada. No, it's a Venezuelan thing.
1: Like I actually kind of know what you're talking. Oh, a um, I know what you're talking about an arepa. Yes. I yes. don't think they do arepas. But when oh. I was in Montreal, we lived in like a Venezuelan neighborhood, and we would get arepas all the time.
2: Yeah, they're so uh, good.
1: We actually made arepas a few weeks
0: they're ago. So they're, they're so can good. We still, can we still say ripe? <laughs> nope. Arepas.
2: It's, I always pronounce it arepa, but uh, but yeah. It's a food. You can Google it. it like It's A-R-E-P-A.
1: It's basically like for the listeners. It's basically like a um, a bun made of cornmeal, or not even. It's like corn. It's like a corn pre cooked cornmeal, and you get this fluffy little bun that you slice open and you fill with like. The, I think the traditional fillings are like black beans, plantains, feta cheese. Fill them with like meat and fish and other things. They're they're very good.
2: Yeah. They can, you can also get them as like breakfast versions, which is like really yummy. Ooh, I haven't had that. Yeah. There's a place near my work when I actually used to work downtown. And uh, and they and we used to go there. The problem was like an, an Arepa on its own wasn't filling enough, but two was too much. So <laughs> I didn't I, I would like sometimes get them and then just go like, Oh, I'm still hungry. Then you'd get a second one and go, Ah, I'm so full. Mm.
1: First world problems.
0: Yeah, totally. Uh, Adam, what's in uh, what's in your clamps this week? Um, well, I made progress on the next woodworking for kids video. So I um, got all the dinosaur shapes cut out. Um, I've glued. So what I did is I got a board and glued on a piece of paper with like a dinosaur. And then the scroll saw cut out the dinosaur keeping the like doing it in one cut around the outside, and then the, um, I suppose like what you'd what would be the scrap wood, like not the dinosaur, i have then glued onto a board of MDF, and then I'm gonna get Bentley to cut the dinosaur up into like random shapes so that it can then go into the outer cut, the outside cut. So like the puzzle goes into the
1: gotcha. It's like a frame,
0: oh, yeah. Um, so I've done that just waiting for them to glue up and then I've got to cut them all out. But I didn't think about it at the time that I should have actually like cut up square pieces of wood to cut the dinosaur out of. Cause my original plan was to get a whole separate piece of wood to cut the, the hole for the puzzle pieces to go in. And then as I was cutting it out, I was like, well, hang on, this is like a perfect hole for them to then go into. So yeah. Um, so I've done that, and then I tried to do. Last week, I was talking about making the car parts for my for my car, um, and that did not work at all. <laughs> did you end up three D printing them? No, no. So um, remember, I was talking about using EVA foam. Oh yeah. Oh yes. To do it, yeah. Plastic dip. So yeah. I. Got, yeah. So so I got the pe- I got all the foam cut up and everything and glued it all together that I needed to do, but then. Just trying to cut a design into the foam, it's just so sketchy that I just couldn't get it to work properly. Hmm.
2: Um, what were you yeah. using to cut it?
0: I at first I was using a um, like a stan, not a Stanley knife. It's the one where I think Morley had one the other week, where <laughs> like, like the- you can actually have like a whole thin blade coming out, like, like the awful all the knives, fun. yeah. Yeah, Um, one of those. And then I tried doing that with heating it up as well, which worked a little bit better. But yeah, just trying to get it actually smooth cut was just really hard.
2: You need a a hot knife. So like you basically hook up a piece of wire to two terminals on a battery and that heats that wire up and it slices thing like foam amazingly.
0: Yeah. I think I'm just going to try and find a new material.
2: Yeah, you could do that too, I guess.
0: So we did actually have a topic this week. Um, We wanted to talk about brand loyalty, which Mm. um, was actually going to be quite funny for me because um, if anyone has seen my video on YouTube, I own pretty much every Ryobi tool you can buy. So (laughs) you seem pretty loyal. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, I think... um like when i was thinking about this topic what i was thinking about is that there's like always these like people who like to argue about why their brand is better than other brands and uh and mm. like to a to a fault to like uh like i'll never own a ford chevy for life like kind of thing and you just kind of like like i remember being a kid and it was like it's the same with like it reminded me of like the hockey team rivalries but when I really look down, like as I got older, I'd start looking at things a little bit more logically, I'd go, like, what's up with brand loyalty? Why are like what has Chevy done or what has Ryobi done or what has DeWalt done to be better than Milwaukee? Like, in reality, like there's some sometimes it's like there's you know, uh I know there's some companies out there that have been really uh supportive of the community. Okay, you get some loyalty from that, right? But then there's like people who are like I only own Festool and Woodpeckers and it's like okay but what what have they done to you to get like you to buy everything. So that's what I was I I, I don't know that's what I was thinking about is like talking about like the, maybe the psychology behind brand loyalty as well as what are you loyal to? I mean
1: my theory about brand loyalty is a big part of it is it's usually things people have spent a good amount of money on. Like they're relatively high ticket items. So I feel like part of it is like a defense mechanism. So if you're, mm. you've are you spent like $30,000 on a truck and you're like, okay, now this is the best truck and you have to feel like you fully bought into it and die on the hill of it so that you've, you're you justifying your purchase to yourself or, or with yeah, two power tools, for example, like if you're buying into a battery system and you're buying all these other Uh, tools and even if it's not necessarily the most expensive investment you'll ever make it is still an investment because by buying those tools and if you want to stay in the same battery system you're kind of sticking yourself into a lane so I've always felt it's a way for people to kind of like justify an investment to themselves Hmm. Um, Hmm. but I mean that being said like of course certain brands of things are better than others I mean I'm not going to start saying that like a Uh, I'm not, I I don't have an example, but I'm not arguing BMWs. I'm sure are great cars. And I, I know that's why you own them, Grant.
2: No, I own them because I get free parts. (laughs) Oh, interesting. It's literally the reason I have them is because I, I got free parts for a long time for working on the race team. So we would buy cars, uh, to, to turn into race cars. And when you do that, you take off a lot of the stock parts and those stock parts go in my car. So that's cool. So like, I'll, obviously like I like my car I wouldn't drive it if it was garbage Well, when I compare it to other cars I don't go like oh it's leaps and bounds over this other car like I think it looks nicer but that's me I can totally see someone going no I think the Mercedes looks nicer I even think the Toyota Camry looks nicer okay that's great for you
1: yeah So, do you feel like you've developed any BMW brand loyalty with all the work you've done on them
2: so I if anything I've like lost loyalty to them because I look at their cars today and I had a newer one um, and I sold it because I thought like, it's not what, what I want is them to go back to the eighties and make that car again. Mm-hmm. And where they're going with the brand isn't where I want to go. Um, especially in North America, they're still making smaller one like versions of the cars and, and like lower tech more peppy versions of the cars in Europe. But in North America, it's buy an SUV or leave us alone is basically what they're like thinking of. So if anything, like by, by working on the cars, especially the newer ones, I've, I've lost loyalty in them Mm. uh, because I feel like, you know, they're like, like silly things. Like on the newest cars, you can't check your oil. There's no (laughs) dipstick.
1: So you have to bring it to like a certified mechanic for them to do it?
2: No, you just don't get a chance. Like there's a little button that you can press and and it tells you whether your oil is full or empty gotcha. on your dashboard. But you can't check it to see like is it black or clear, right? Like it, how old is the oil in your car? By looking at it, you can't tell, right? Yeah, it's, it's all just computerized.
1: They just want you yeah. to trust the computer.
2: Right. And I don't trust computers. I I don't. I trust myself. Um, so that's like, anyways, that's like, a. it's interesting. So that, that question, do am I loyal to them? I would say, no, I'm on the opposite. I think I'm probably more loyal to like, I don't know, Nissan. Cause they're putting out like a Micra, the, the tiniest car, cheapest car on the market. It's that's what I want. Right. Like
0: <laughs>
2: I, I'll never own one cause they're too small, but you like what but, they're doing, but I like what they're doing. Yeah. And I like they're involved in the community way more than BMW. Like BMW basically uh, tells us to go F ourselves when we ask for sponsorship for a race car. And Nissan, what they do is they sponsor entire series. So it's like this weird thing.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Spe- speaking of cars, so like here in Australia, uh, have you, I'm assuming you guys have heard V8, heard of V8 Supercars mm-hmm. Ra- racing series. Yes. So like for 40 years, me growing up, it was either Ford or Holden. Yeah, Everyone went Ford or Holden. The last few years that pretty much Ford and Holden aren't even in it anymore, it's all just like Camrys and all that <laughs> crap. The, the cars that um, don't come with V8s in them. I love it. Exactly.
1: So I'm just looking at V8 supercar is just kind of like stock car racing.
0: Uh, it's touring car yeah. racing. Yeah. Okay. So, so it's yeah, the longer so, races? So, yeah.
2: The, so touring car racing is more on street circuits gotcha. and stock car racing is more ovals.
0: Got it. Yeah. So they'll literally close down like, um, what are, what are the, what what's it called where there's different oh, blocks. So they'll, they'll literally close down blocks in a, in a city and create a circuit. Hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, yeah. So growing up, it was just, you know, Ford and Holden. And then Ford ended up moving over to America, or whatever, because, you know, who cares about keeping stuff in Australia and then hold them for its suit. So now no one really cares. Um, So that like brand loyalty just went straight out of the window. Right. Right. Yeah.
2: But when you talk about like, so to switch gears back to, to, to the more making talking about like the batteries and getting like trapped in a battery thing, people mm. will argue to the, the death over whether DeWalt or Milwaukee or, one of any of the other colors of tools is better than the other one. And the way I always look at it is I go, buy the one that's on sale. They're all the same.
1: Yeah. And
2: at that level. The other, uh, exactly. the other thing is like,
1: how legitimate is like the buy- buying into a battery system argument? Like, is it really, unless you are a contractor who always needs to take your tools from place to place, you need to have the most efficient. You want just the same batteries for everything. Is it really that much work to have multiple tool brands and multiple batteries?
2: So the big thing has to do with space. So the chargers take up space.
1: Yeah, right? but if you have a workshop mm-hmm. like and you have multiple outlets. I, I just feel like people who don't need to be so adamant in this argument are needlessly adamant in it. They're just yeah. like playing the game.
0: I get I look I at I feel it. like in America um, like having more than one battery System like battery brand seems to be more popular than over here. Um, like if it, it, like watching YouTube, it is what I mean. So like, you know, generally if I see people that have like different brands of, um, battery tools, they're usually in America. Um, I don't,
2: I don't know. I, I think so. I think a lot of times what happens in America and the YouTube is that they get brand like gifted. <laughs> From different companies so now they have different Mm -hmm. brands the other thing that's happened for a long time like i had milwaukee and i really wanted a trim router well for a long time milwaukee didn't make a battery powered trim router Hmm. and so i was like well i don't want to buy a new brand like i have so many batteries i don't want to get another one um Hmm. so i just didn't get a trim router and now they have one but like for a long time that happened so if you wanted if you wanted certain battery powered tools, you had to buy them across different brands, but now that's kind of gone yeah. away.
1: Interesting. Okay.
2: But I like, so buying into a single battery brand, like the reason it, for me, it makes sense. Like I have a workshop, but I, in my, like, I don't have a lot of outlets. Mm-hmm. And if anyone's watched my workbench, you can see there's a, you know, one of those six, like turn two into six things. And yeah. then it connected mm-hmm. to that is also uh, a nine, plug uh you know power bar (laughs) so like most of the stuff is charging it's all charging so it's never on all at the same time right like it's all stuff that i just need to have plugged in so when i plug in my you know whatever my phone or my other thing like it's all stuff that isn't going to be on at the same time but yeah it needs to be plugged in so that being said, it's also my table saw is plugged in there and my desk collector and everything else. But uh, but you know what to when when
1: not to turn on everything at the same time. So that's all that matters,
2: right? And my fridge is on the same circuit for some stupid reason, so uh, it often goes black in my workshop. Uh, but I'm I'm working on that. Uh, but that's why like I don't have an extra outlet to spare. Like mm. I don't have extra outlets like laying around trying you you know just waiting to be filled with more charging stations. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Just think, having the one also, battery just is um, so much nicer.
0: Fair. Yeah. And especially when, when at first, when, when battery powered tools first came in, you were pretty much stuck. Like you, the battery you had was the tool you had to use, but now you can buy attachments that you can use any brand battery with any brand um, tool. Or oh, like really? you can take a Ryobi battery and use it with a Milwaukee tool. And I, I don't know if it's like every tool with every tool, every battery, but like there are convert like conversion plates and stuff you can buy. Um, but I th- I think here, like say, for instance, I'll you know, I have every pretty much every Ryobi tool you can think of. Um there's some I don't have, but anyway. When you buy into like I did with Ryobi, I, I originally Liked the look of Ryobi and and stuff here in Australia. Um, we've got like our own division of Ryobi as well, as opposed to having to buy American tools. Um, and then I bought into that. And then the tools are so much cheaper when you don't have to buy a battery as well. That's true. Like yeah. I could go buy an orbital Santa for 50 bucks. Yeah. But it doesn't come with a battery. If I bought it with a battery, it's going to cost me like 150 bucks. Yeah. So if I buy to buy a new brand, it's going to cost 150 bucks, and then I have to have a new, another charger and and all this. Yeah, it makes sense. I can't just take the battery off my drill and put it onto my sander and and all that sort of stuff. So yeah.
2: Right. So I guess that's one aspect is the battery thing of of brand loyalty. But there's the other aspect of the like getting into an argument with your friend over is DeWalt or Milwaukee better and i think that's like the to me the really funny part about brand loyalty is like who who cares but i've had arguments with my friend over why Milwaukee is better than DeWalt because i like the color red better than the color yellow like
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i i have never bought a tool because of brand like, I, I've never – I mean, like, I've bought Roby because I have Roby. That, that's not what I mean. What I mean is, like, I've never done the research and gone, oh, this battery has a diff- – this battery is better than, than this brand's battery and this tool is better than this tool. Like, the, to me, all tools are the same. All batteries are the same. Of course, you're going to get better quality, say, you know, Fez tool, but, like, I'm not going to go pay $2,000 for a sander. Um. Yeah, yeah you so – yeah. I, I think one of the
1: reasons it, it's, like – kind of a, it's a good conversation topic, people to argue about what brand is better is like, let's say cars and tools. Those are two things that if you're building stuff, let's say like you're using them a lot, you're using them very intimately and you kind of get used to their tendencies. But people also say that in both of those things that like the technology has reached a point where across brands, they're largely the same. So it's like when people are arguing about wines, you're arguing about like very small variations. So there's a lot of like – there's a lot of um, subjective conversations to be had. So it's like – it's kind of like a recipe just for like a a debate where you can never win. You can just endlessly debate it. Um, Yeah. So –
2: yeah, I agree. They're so close in numbers that they're like trying to go like mine has two hundred torques and yours only has one ninety eight. And, and it's the like other thing, two, two numbers is nothing.
1: Like, yeah. And the other thing is, is since like the, the let's say the spec, even though the specs are the same, the way they like implement those different motors and something is different. Like the the drills are going to feel yeah. different because they don't necessarily have the same tooling to cast all the parts. So yeah. they are going to mm-hmm. have like different personalities, even if the guts are the same.
0: Right. Plus and each brand has different grips and stuff, so everything's gonna yeah. have a different feel. Everyone's gonna have the different taste. And then also um with with us of how we use our tools, we're we're not putting them to our to their paces. Like you, you know, in a home workshop, you're gonna use a drill a little bit throughout the day. We're not tradies out on a worksite that's literally gonna be using that drill for seven hours straight. So it's funny, yeah. working at the this install
1: the past week, this was when I was thinking like, oh, it would be nice to have that super compact DeWalt driver because the, the Ryobi yeah. driver is, works. It's great, but it's really bulky. And when, yeah, I'm, really I, when I'm elbow deep in insulation trying to screw two flats together mm. and holding my driver upside down in my left hand, it's no longer <laughs> like it's, – it's budgetness becomes apparent. And then using my buddy's De- – and also the Ryobi doesn't have a light in the front, which kind of sticks. What? um what? using using my or mine doesn't at least using my buddy's oh, um boy, using my buddy's dewalt nice dewalt driver it's like it's tiny uh it's stronger it has the light um
2: right so so i guess yeah. when i think about tools i i don't even like one i've never bought a Ryobi tool because i don't like their color but i uh <laughs> i've never really thought about them as being like a competitor uh, with those other ones. I think they're like on par with like job mate. So the Canadians will get that. That's like the so in Canadian Tire there's like Mastercraft Maximum the is their right, top. The then there's Mastercraft, which is like yeah. their g- general. Then be below that there's actually a thing called like certified. And then below that there's jobmate. And job yeah. are like garbage tools. I got a rotary tool, but it works great, but it's five dollars. So, yeah, like, yeah, I will
1: <laughs> I'll probably be the only like I again, like I've I've just kind of started in this industry, like in the scenery building. I'm probably the only one you'll see in a job site using a Ryobi driver. Like all these guys mm. have DeWalt or Milwaukee or Makita, Um because you're right, Ryobi is not used amongst tradespeople to put it through its paces. And it's like mm. I'm not going to
0: just in trades over
1: here, but I am going. I'm not going to just toss it out and buy a DeWalt. Like I would yeah. rather use that Ryobi to death and then reevaluate and say, okay, well, did I get enough life out of that? Is it worth it to me to get another one or should I switch at this point?
2: Right. But But uh, it works. It works. Sorry, go on. Yeah. You're not going to go from Ryobi to Festool, right? Like, or some other, I don't know if Festool even makes battery powered stuff, but you know, like you're like, it doesn't make sense for what you're doing to go to that level. Yeah. Like,
0: in in saying that though like you you know maybe Ryobi is lower on the on the totem pole when it comes to brands but um if i was to buy if i didn't buy Ryobi right i wouldn't own every tool that i can because like they're all so much more expensive mm-hmm. that that's why i can own the tools i do is because they're quite cheap and i want a competition but let's not talk about that <laughs> um, and <laughs> and yeah so like I can own the tools I can because they're cheaper, but I also don't see the justification of spending an extra $100 on a, on a drill. Yeah. You know, like I I don't use it enough for, to warrant the extra expense for one, but for two, I, I think Ryobi is up there with the quality. No,
1: I agree. I think it's cheaper. I, I, I'm not, uh, I'm not hating on it by any means, but it's just, there's a reason that these guys in the job sites have the DeWalt in Milwaukee tools is because yeah. they're more compact um, yes definitely. i mean even i don't even maybe they are more durable maybe they are stronger but just for the reason that they're smaller is um mm. on a job site is very useful
0: i think ryobi is definitely one of those brands that's more catered to the home hobbyist and yeah
1: definitely stars. although they had they did just come Fair out with point. a line of smaller compact tools so i'd be interested to compare that with like the compact Dewalt driver and see if it's similar
2: yeah yeah Well, I think basically what it boils down, and I was totally kicking on Ryobi because I knew you had so many of them, but uh, (laughs) I honestly don't care. I just, I I don't Um, get the, like, I kind of wish I could understand people's mentalities when they're, they like, like people on, I've heard people that go, I'm not going to follow that person because they only use Festool, right? That's like, so you you're going to like hate on this person because they can't. well, yeah. I'm like, just cause they, they bought a tool that you can't afford. Like, it just seems like a, but they're like, hate people that use fest tool or woodpeckers and stuff. And I'm like, I, if they can, I just, if they can afford that, hmm. then let them go for it.
1: Yeah. It's yeah. also just, I mean, I'm not going to speak for other people, but like, why even focus on that? Like, who cares? Like, aren't you, don't you care more about what like, the person is making?
0: And I could make that too if my drill was made from Festool. <laughs>
1: Festoolonium.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah. honestly, it's one of those things that I just look at and go, "There's no way that it would change." Like if I had a Ryobi drill, or even like I had a like I don't know what's even the cheapest brand out there, like Black and Decker, like a Black and Decker drill versus a, a Festool drill, it, it wouldn't matter. It yeah. it's me who changes the whether or not that project gets done, right? Like mm.
0: the the only way I would buy like say a Fez tool is I would love to get a domino. But like right. what like you know, for the for the price of a sander from Fez tool, I could buy ten sanders from Ryobi. Right. Right. And
1: and the question then but, is like what is that what is, the, what is even the advantage of a Fez tool sander over a Ryobi sander?
2: Yeah. Dust collection and speed. It mm. so I've used one once. The amount of material it took off was insane. Mm. In in a very short period of time they have like this it's better than random orbit. It's like they call it Rotax or something. Anyways, whatever yeah. it does, it does something different and it takes off stuff way faster. And the the like dust collection on it was like a hundred percent.
0: Wow. Yeah, from what I've seen in videos, but it's really hard to capture that sort of motion on a camera. But from what I've seen in videos, it looks like Festool's sander actually spins and not just, like, vibrates while it spins, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, like, it's more, it's more like a grinder with a sanding uh, pad. Mm. And not, you know, that's probably why it takes off. It takes the material off quicker. Right. But then even you see... Uh, um I was watching the other day. Mark Spagnola, he's got the Fez Tool sander, but then he goes to a Dewalt handheld sander because the Fez Tool obviously takes off too much material. So then he's got to go to another brand because the is too much. Yeah.
2: yeah well, so- there's also like, yeah, there's a lot of things like, and I think it's when you look at it, you kind of go like, does it? Do you need to be loyal to a brand or not? Like, the I think brands that's want different. you
1: to be loyal to one. That's right. what, That's what they're trying to do. Right, it's in their best interest for you to be loyal. Yeah, Ryobi should love me, and that's I have so much Ryobi. I always, I always am like on the lookout for like how much my behavior is being influenced by marketing. So that's I think one of the reasons I try to like, I'm like, oh, I can just get multiple brands because I'm trying to be like, oh, that's what they want me to do. I don't want to do
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> you rebel. Rebel, yeah, without a cause. Uh, but then you take someone like, um, like Jimmy and Jay Bates, and they just, literally just spray painted their tools. Because I kind of want to do rebels. that with my, uh, with my, with my tools, actually. But but I like the color of my tools.
2: Right? Don't spray paint them white. And the whole reason why I don't like <laughs> DeWalt is because I work on cars as well, and the DeWalt tools just turn black immediately. Oh. And so they always look like garbage. Like the moment we touch them, because our hands are always covered in oil, the moment we touch them, they're they're they look like garbage. So mm. that's why I don't like the yellow tool. But my friend
0: I remember when I first got my first couple of Raby tools and I'm like, every time I'm finished I'm gonna get baby wipes and clean them down so they all look brand <laughs> new. I'm like, that lasted like a week, if that. It's like stuff this. Yeah. Yeah.
1: The other – just one last – maybe not last thing, but one thing I was also thinking about um, brand loyalty in general is a lot of times brand loyalty comes up with products that are like pretty complicated and you don't fully understand their inner working. So I think brand loyalty works as a way for – the, like the marketers want you to have trust in the companies because you don't fully understand how those products work. Like in a car, you don't really. There's no unless you're like the genius mechanic, you don't know exactly why a Dodge may be better or worse than a Ford truck. Um. Mm-hmm. So I think brand loyalty is used as a tool, um, for you to like. Do you know kind of know what I'm saying? Like you have to trust the companies because you don't fully understand how the things are working, and so people right, yeah. kind of use it as a defense mechanism.
2: And I think that that can go down to even less complex things like ketchup. Yeah. What's your favorite ketchup? Which which brand are you loyal to? And 90% of people, it's, it's Heinz, mm-hmm. right? I didn't know there was other brands. Right. So a big controversy happened here in Canada because Heinz shut down their uh, Ontario plant. Um, and French's bought that farm and plant and basically everyone switched from Heinz to French oh. it happened like uh, I don't know two years ago but it was like in the you know national news that this happened it was pretty crazy to think about but it was how quickly people like Heinz has been the ketchup for such a long mm-hmm. time um, and I think it's because people don't understand how ketchup is made right like they don't there's some sort of secret ingredient that you can put all this stuff together and, and it tastes better it's than the maggots. other versions. Uh, it's maggots. Oh, I thought it was sugar. Uh, no, it's maggots. Okay. Uh, anyways.
0: Tomatoes full of maggots. Yeah. Just, you know, in case you're wondering, tomato sauce is made out of maggots and tomatoes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm not joking. Extra protein?
2: Maybe in, a, maybe in Australia. Um <laughs> But uh, yeah, but, so it's that kind of thing that you kind of look at like how, how, how quickly that broke people's brand loyalty. Mm, it yeah. was to me like a, a, like an awakening moment on – I still buy Heinz, but that's – I don't know why.
1: Yeah, it just, well, it's interesting how much people buy not just based on like the performance of the product itself, but this whole aura and personality that is built up behind the
0: product as well. Right. But with it's, something like that, did people swap because of brand loyalty or did they swap because they wanted to keep manufacturing in Canada?
2: So there was a little bit of that like keeping the, the farm going or whatever, but there was also yeah. like people said that they could taste the difference because of the tomatoes. So mm. it's kind of like how if you right. buy – if you drink Coke in Canada versus Coke in Mexico, they taste different. Mm. Oh because but, yeah and
1: like kit kats in canada taste very different from kit kats in the u.s because canada uses the good like real nestle cadbury chocolate whereas the u.s it's like fake chocolate
2: oh wow yeah hmm. and it's kind of like how reese's is three cups in canada and only Ugh. two cups in the states
1: that's not what you would
0: yeah. expect it's yeah. the opposite wow I yeah line. i had a Reese's once it was gross Woman. Oh, I love Reese's.
2: You're broken. Mm. I we can't be friends anymore.
0: <laughs> you don't like the brand. i up on that sweet, sweet Nestle chocolate. But
2: Reese's is chocolate and peanut butter combined. It's the best thing in the world. Well, ooh, I actually realized I have to change
1: my clamp because I thought of something that is way more topical to what we are the topic for today.
2: Uh, well, I think that's a good segue.
1: Okay. Should I go first then? Because I just thought of it.
2: Yes. Okay. <laughs> Best segue ever. <laughs> so,
1: okay. I actually already recommended this on Into the Spotlight, but it is almost exactly in line with what we're talking about. So um, 99% Invisible is a podcast a lot of people know. Uh, it's about design and design that you may not notice in everyday life. And like, hmm, why do... Why does a specific knob look this way? Or like, why is this architectural thing exist? It's like the idea is that 99% of things that you see are like invisible to perception. So they came out with a mini series a couple years ago called articles of interest. And it was hosted by Avery Truffleman who does a couple other podcasts as well. She's a very good host. And it's all about um, the things we wear and the stories behind them. So there's one about engagement rings. There's one about jeans. There's one about, um, plaid. Um, there is one about pockets and like why women's clothing doesn't really have pockets, but men's clothing does. So, um, uh, the reason I thought about it with this episode is because some of them talk about how certain things are just completely a product of marketing, like engagements for engagement rings. For example, engagement rings, um, were essentially a a product of the De Beers Diamond company when they were looking for a way to market diamonds to middle-class people in the early 20th century. And they, and the diamonds are forever marketing campaign. Yeah. Right. And now look at it now. It's like, it's almost expected. It's so entrenched in us and you could trace it back to this marketing campaign in like the 1910s. So if you want, I think I was just thinking, as towards the end of this conversation, I was like, wow, this is getting into deep marketing psychology territory. So if yeah. you want more of that, I would definitely recommend that podcast series. Um, it's if you go on the 99% invisible podcast page, it'll be within that because it's a it's a mini series. But it's it's really interesting. I think I've listened to all of them and they're they're all really interesting. It made me think about clothes in a way that I never had before.
2: It it reminds me a lot of like Malcolm Gladwell. One of his books mm-hmm. talks a lot about like things like that. Maybe I, I think I don't know where I heard about the diamonds or er, thing, but it sounds very uh,
0: familiar to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: it's really interesting.
0: I think you're getting the wrong idea of Debeers. Dub ears. Yeah.
2: Huh. Um well then i guess it's me uh i'm gonna go with uh viva la dirt league they're uh new zealand uh comedy yes. uh thing and they're uh they're pretty funny uh i've recently gone through their entire epic n p c man which is uh like an n p c is Hilarious. a non- yeah it's a non player character in a uh usually in a in a role playing game but uh it's basically like this this like you know, World of Warcraft or or Skyrim or something like that, and uh, it's kind of set in that kind of fantasy old world kind of thing. Anyways, really funny. They're little mm. like two two to four minute skits, um, and it's just like if you've ever played uh like a World of Warcraft type game, then you'll probably find it funny. Mm. They, and mm. they also have like so that one's like uh you know those rpg games but they also have one for uh first person shooters and they have uh a whole like series on PUBG, um Hmm. and it's just kind of funny they're they're really
1: just scrolling through their channel it kind of reminds me of like whitest kids you know do you ever watch oh yeah
0: that was a long time
2: ago yeah
1: the call of duty skit where like his audio is going through mom guys
2: yeah
0: (laughs) Man, what is kids? So they more talk that's... so. So most of their skits are like on like the bugs and stuff that are in common in games,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, and that like the the sort of the the meme sort of stuff that comes out of games. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, oh, they're, they're so good at what they do. Have you? If you, I don't know if you've seen their behind the scenes stuff, but like they're a full production company, um, Dirt League. So they. They that place like where they do epic, epic NPC man. They hire that place out, yeah, for a week, and they literally record like months and months worth of videos, and they use all red cameras, everything. Like it's a full production, yeah. They yeah. got like, catering company, everything. It's it's it's, it's crazy. It's a, as if a TV show did skits for YouTube. It's it's so good.
2: That's yeah. what it really looks like. It's it is to yeah. the quality. That it looks, it's a TV Very show.
0: professional. Yeah, yeah. And they're um the uh oh, board, I think they called it call it, but it's like they, so they have a um like a like GameStop sort of shop, mm-hmm. and they do skits there as like employees and stuff. And yeah, good, 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 uh, good shout. So mine this week is um, not that he needs a shout out, but Jimmy DeResta's can cozy video. I've never
2: heard and, of this um, person. Who is this?
0: <laughs> I chose this video for one reason and one reason only. And that is the music he used. <laughs> oh really? And It is like the best music I've ever heard in a woodworking video. And it has, it's not relatable at all to the, to the video. It's just really funny. It, it's, it just I, shows I, I watched humor. it but I not, that's
1: not what I was expecting the reason to be.
2: Mm. Well, he never puts music. I like, literally, either,
0: so it's m- kind of funny. Put it, put it on, and like the first five seconds, you'll I'm listening I mean. now. Mm. <laughs> it's a bop,
1: <laughs> yeah, such so good. It's kind, it's kind of like swing. Um,
0: I mean, the person, the the, the, um, music. the project's pretty cool too. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah. So, um, moving on, we thank our F Clamp level Patreon, which is Leroy Big Rock Timberworks Jenkins. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, and so speak. Viva La Le Dirt League has a Leroy Jenkins skit. Yes, and it's oh, basically yeah. the guy tries to um, say Leroy Jenkins, and, they, and like one of the other characters goes up and like, which is like sh- makes him go shh. Mm-hmm that it's it's old news it's 10 years old now stop (laughs) it's not funny it's not original okay i'll stop
0: making the joke then
2: (laughs) i want to make the joke too but he's right it's not it's not good
0: so so speaking of that two days ago i downloaded wow oh no don't do that yeah oh it's too late now i'm hooked (laughs) i haven't played it for like 20 years so it's gonna be a big um difference so I yeah.
2: played it for six months when it first came out, mm. and that was it. And that's the last yeah. time I played it. So however long. Whenever it came out, I played it within the first six months, and that was it. Yeah. But I kind of miss it. But it also, like <laughs> the latest uh, uh, Epic NPC, man, they talk about when, like, role-playing games become a job, and that's kind of how it's starting to feel. Like, it literally feels like, you know, you're, you're in a job, not in, like, a game anymore.
0: It's <laughs> weird. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's like when um like you know when we were kids we would play like Age of Empires and and that sort of you know like you'd play Age of Empires you you just play the game. But like these days it's like start building this building and then <coughs> come back in a day it will be finished and I hate timed games. I can't stand it. I just mm-hmm. want to play the game. I don't want to come back in half an hour and feed my crops and <laughs> all that crap. I do that in real life. I don't need that in a video game. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, anyway, we kind of just brushed past. But, yeah, Leroy from Big Rock Timberworks, thank you for your support on Patreon. Um, If you do want to support us, we um, do have a Patreon where you also get... Yeah. um, You also get access to the pre- and after-show, either one or both, depending on what we record for that week. But you get access to everything. Um, And we also sometimes do... Posts of hidden photos and all that sort of stuff. Um, so yeah, you can one dollar episode get access to everything. Yeah, but if you don't want to become a Patreon, um, even just sharing the show or leaving a a rating or um, a review, we need reviews because Molly hasn't done a voice for quite a while.
1: I'll just start doing the next episode in a different voice. The whole episode.
2: Oh, I'd love to hear that. <laughs> I'd love. Yeah. I'll I'll do
0: Dobby, I think that we should, the whole episode ha, we should do the um the after show should be Morley in another voice. <laughs> Ooh, there we go yeah little Patreon exclusive eight <laughs> <laughs> mm. uh, where else are we yeah so we don't have any reviews this week unfortunately and also thank you to TF turning for the music before and after each episode. Thank you. We'll have links to his socials in the show notes as well. Yeah. Um, anything else before we move on? I did I did have something I want to quickly say. Um, I forgot to say it before, uh, but with the whole like V8 supercar thing, the point I was trying to get to with the brand loyalty is that, so growing up, it was Ford or Holden. Literally every car had the same everything. All The only thing it changed was the shell on the outside and the driver had the same motor, same everything
2: so it is closer to nascar
0: so so brand brand isn't as um isn't as important as people think because most of them are bought have made out of the same bin
1: yeah yeah
0: so moral of the story is
1: it's not about the brand it's about the person using the tool yeah yeah
0: there you go so for all you people would be like if i had a cnc i could do that it's all about you (laughs) yeah Wow. All right.
1: I just had a a wild deep thought, but I will save it for the after show. I need to write this down. (laughs) Where can everyone find you, Molly? You can find me at Morley
2: Kurt everywhere.
0: Great. Well, you
2: can find me at The Grant Alexander everywhere.
0: And Adam? Sorry, I'm. Well, Molly just wrote in her <laughs> thing, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Okay, yeah. That's what I want to talk about in the after show because I think this is... Oh, our, okay. Yeah, All right. Just so I remember. Right. Um, you can find me at Make Mackie everywhere as well, com. Actually, I can I see
1: why somewhere. you would think that that's like
0: me talking to you, <laughs> but not, yes. just a note for
1: myself. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm literally looking at the curtains behind you wondering what's going on. <laughs> you think I'm like in a haunted house or something.
2: Uh, yeah. All right, everyone.
0: Bye. Bye.
1: Bye. Apologies for the noise. I think my next-door neighbor is mowing their lawn. <laughs>
2: oh my. Actually, God. hold on.
1: To- I'm gonna I'm gonna close the windows. Keep talking.
0: Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I think I might actually try and find like an actual foam and not EVA foam yeah oh my god that wow. is the loudest thing in the world
2: <laughs> as we watch Worley run around closing windows that is the, I would be so mad if I had that lawnmower as my like next door
0: neighbor that is an insanely loud lawnmower and
2: it's 8 o'clock in the morning yeah, that is well, the it, loudest it lawnmower is in the, the at world. 8 a.m. Well,
1: it's actually there. It's a ride-on mower, and they're right outside the window. It's actually hour-long. That's being mowed. but it's small, so hopefully, it only lasts like a couple minutes. Wow. At 8 a.m. Though. 8 yeah, my enough, neighbor does too. that too.
2: <laughs> yeah, there's still 8:30 a.m. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on a on that a is, weekday. Yeah, most people think on a weekday it's okay to to start earlier. I don't understand. They're like nine o'clock on Saturday and Sunday, but on the weekdays, eight o'clock is when I can go out there and weed whack. And I'm like, no, no, you can't. I'm still asleep.
0: Let's assume everyone's at work already. Yeah. Yeah. Too bad it's COVID. and That's not a thing.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Well, in the States it
0: is. (laughs) So, so we do actually have a topic this week. Um, we're going to talk about brand loyalty. Oh, which, man, we um, could have
2: totally had a segue with talking about what brand of lawnmower that was. And everyone <laughs> like, oh, is it a Toro oh, or a John it's Deere?
1: It, it's it, There's some orange on it. I, don't, I have no idea.
2: Hmm? You're supposed to just make Wait. something up morally. Okay, it was, it was John Deere. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. It was finished. <laughs> that is the loudest... <laughs>
0: We have um, we have right or Lomo's here Uh-oh. that are made Someone by Ryobi, and they literally take like four of the big batteries. Really? Yeah.
2: I'm guessing if it was orange, it was uh, Kubato. Kubato, yeah, Kubata, Kubata.
1: Anyways. I don't think that's how it's pronounced. I think it's Kubo- Kubota. <laughs>
2: Kubota there we go. Hey, Kubota, if it's—I've it's, never heard anyone say it before. I just have seen them, but yeah. So are we are
1: we still recording, so, or is, are we are we editing this part out while the lawnmower passes? I didn't know what. No, going we're still on. recording. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know if when I went to close the windows, you guys were, said something.
2: No. no. Well, maybe we should edit it out. It's pretty loud. I can't even imagine you being able to concentrate with that.
1: Yeah, it is a little loud. Do you do you want me to do do should we just splice this part out? Yeah. Okay. Let me I'll, let me look out the window real quick, I'll see what their progress is. Okay.